Welcome to Insights on Demand, a podcast from Business Talent Group, where we talk to the world's best independent talent about the future of work and other pressing business issues. I'm Leah Hoffman, and today's guest is Martine Taylor, an independent healthcare marketing strategist who's held senior leadership roles both at agencies and in industry, and is here to talk to us about e-detailing, a marketing technique where companies use digital channels to support their sales reps and interact with healthcare providers. Now, e-detailing is not new, but it's taken on new relevance in the COVID-19 pandemic because with social distancing in place, pharmaceutical sales reps can't make in-person visits. Welcome, Martine. Thank you, Leah. Pleasure to be here. This podcast is actually very timely. As pharma reps, now obviously grounded by the pandemic, turn to their digital toolbox to reach their doctors. And this, of course, includes e-detailing. So e-detailing is really one of the most important components today within the marketing toolbox for pharmaceutical companies. Taking advantage of this can not only save them time and money, it can help the reps establish a stronger and more trusting bond with physicians. That is when it's done right. A lot of companies may say, sure, we do e-detailing, but it's not just about taking ordinary detailing materials and delivering them on an iPad, is it? No, that's a, that's a great point. E-detailing in the literal sense of the word is really any digitized sales content uploaded on a mobile device, whether it be an iPad, tablet, or smartphone. I'd say in its simplest and most basic form, it could include simply a PDF of a paper detail aid uploaded to an iPad. So this is far from the most effective type of e-detail. It really simply serves as a glorified PDF viewer. So done properly, e-detailing shouldn't be a passive presentation. It should be interactive, providing ample opportunity for HCPs or other stakeholders to actively engage with content. So what are some of the different formats that are available and what are they best suited for? This may not be all-inclusive, but I'll, I'll try to kind of cover a sort of high-level range from the most basic to the more sophisticated. It includes, as I mentioned at the beginning, the static PDF of a physical detail aid uploaded just to a mobile electronic device. And that actually is still sometimes done and will still be referred to as e-detailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not wrong, but it's the most basic form. Then there's the highly interactive e-detail, which is delivered in office by a rep. So it still allows the physician to sort of lean forward, to get engaged, but more or less the rep is really in control. Then there's an interactive e-detail that's actually sent to an HCP, often by email, and this is known as remote Mm e-detailing, and it's considered part of what we call the NPP mix, the non-personal promotion mix. And as I mentioned, HCPs are invited uh, to join a link at their convenience and on a device of their choosing. And they simply join that link when they want. And then the content is broadcast versus shared via screen. And then all the data is captured on views, clicks, and actions. And then finally, there is the most state-of-the-art type of e-detail, which is powered by artificial intelligence. And these are algorithms based on individual physician needs. So the content is designed and tagged so it reaches the right user in the right region and in the right way. And I think as e-detailing evolves in the next five to 10 years, it's the system based on AI that I think we'll see the most interesting developments take place. Well, that's an interesting point. It's pretty easy to see the limitations of traditional in-person detailing. It's expensive. You spend a lot of time waiting for relatively little face time. You brought up the point of convenience, and I've read that healthcare providers have said they like e-detailing, especially since it enables them to access information on their own schedules. But the industry has been slow to adopt e-detailing. Why do you think that is? I think there are a number of reasons. 
industries that are highly regulated, such as pharma and banking, are typically later adopters of newer technology. For financial institutions, it's often issues related to security. But in the case of big pharma, it can bring inherent challenges for maintaining full control over content, particularly where content is tailored to individual physician needs. So you've kind of got this push-pull scenario between marketing that are trying to optimize the e-detail to make it flexible to individual physician needs, but then this very stringent medical legal regulatory review process that really needs to control all of the content. But it's not all doom and gloom, and many companies have very successfully uh, been able to overcome these issues, and they've been able to become early adopters of what really is the optimized e-detail. For those companies that are trying now to get smarter about e-detailing, how should they get started? In normal circumstances, when is e-detailing a supplement to traditional in-person detailing? Can you talk about some best practices? So I think my overarching recommendation for the ultimate model would be the two working in tandem. So remote e-detailing and in-person e-detailing. In-person relationships with doctors are absolutely paramount because a trusted and loyal relationship with a local representative is really the number one influencer of prescribing behavior among physicians. And actually, there's a hot off the press poll that was conducted with that 245 physicians uh, by first word, where over half of all the respondents said they prefer face-to-face meetings with pharmaceutical industry reps. And that was actually done, you know, while we we're experiencing COVID. So I think that tells you about the power of a, of a rep. But we need to be cognizant that the cost of putting reps on the road, training them and, and providing ongoing training, because it's not a one-off, and maintaining the ideal call frequency is a huge investment. Furthermore, there are rural areas where it will likely not be cost-effective to have dedicated rep coverage because they're just going to be constantly traveling and their travel costs are going to be huge. So in this case, remote e-detailing can really be an invaluable tool and perhaps may be complemented by some tele-detailing because it's always nice to, to hear a voice rather than just have a, an e-detail. And then, of course, it's overlaid by important other elements within the pharmaceutical marketing mix. Another area where um, in-person rep meetings may be a challenge and you need to think more about remote e-detailing is there are physicians that will just not accept in-person rep meetings. And then there are also an increasing number of large academic medical centers in the U.S. that are restricting and even banning rep access and continuing to change the hospital policies around that. So you mentioned some of the scenarios where it might not actually make sense, where you might not be able to justify the expense of e-detailing. How would you start to formalize that decision-making process? What are some of the other criteria that you might use to make those decisions relative to the broader portfolio? Yeah, I think that's an important question. As many companies are looking at how do they streamline this process, how do they augment it and take it to the next level. And I would recommend that if companies are looking at doing that, really taking e-detailing to its next level in order to optimize the implementation and execution, they should think about establishing a centralized digital task force or team. And it may be just operating on a temporary or finite basis. And that team would work across all the brands and the priority should be obviously given to upcoming launches where you're really starting from scratch and creating new content. Once they've done that, I'd suggest they pilot maybe an e-detail prototype initially with one or two brands or a portfolio of brands. And only once they've finessed the optimal e-detail format, they should plan to roll it out across the board. 
So what are some of the benefits of working towards a centralized e-detailing process? Doing this in a centralized way will ensure consistency and optimization and implementation. It will create significant economies of scale. It will free up brand managers' time to focus on what they do best, but it will still enable them to have ownership over all the e-detail brand content. Because what this digital task force will doing is really kind of creating the template for the type of e-detail that's implemented across the company's brands. Sure. And I would say that as part of that process, I think I said the first priority should be new product launches. I would say the last priority for e-detailing focus should be on brands nearing the end of their life cycle, where there's probably little or no new data to be detailed, and the rep relationship is likely to be the key factor that's influencing continued subscribing patterns. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying don't implement it across these brands that are late in their life cycle, but I wouldn't make it the top priority. You know, there's a process for this digital task force to go through. You brought up engagement metrics earlier, and that's maybe one of the more powerful things e-detailing offers. Would the task force, in your view, be responsible for managing them? What should those KPIs look like? Yes, I I think that really should sort of fall under their mandate. I think it would be adapted by the brand managers because obviously they know their brand the best. But I think there should be consistency in how the company develops their KPIs, they build their metrics and they collect their data. Because I would say two things are absolutely paramount in really sort of developing smart KPIs. Firstly, technology. I think e-detailing programs should be supported with a technology platform that enables meaningful data collection, provides insightful analysis, and that leads to actionable metrics being put in place. So that technology decision-making should really stay or should be under the remit of the digital task force. And I would say the second, not in order of priority, is a CRM system. So most companies have them. But the power and sophistication of the CRM system will be critical. Um, and it's always king in terms of data and in laying the foundation for establishing KPIs. If we take a scenario where a company adopts an e-detail system that uses artificial intelligence, that's gathered from physician data, and it mathematically extracts the attributes of physicians that would react positively to specific messaging. So when a specific physician is selected in the CRM system, It will not only pull out vital information on that individual physician, but it will also create a customized combination of pages or interactive content from the e-detail, most likely to engage and influence that specific physician. So hopefully you can see from that the power of an integrated CRM system working in tandem with an e-detail program and the vital role it plays in establishing smart and powerful KPIs. Not every company may choose to adopt that, but still less sophisticated details still enable metrics to be built in. I mean, that's the beauty of the digital world. These metrics can ensure that the key messages of the brand are being continually communicated with the key data points to back it up, because all of that can be measured in a way that was never possible with a physical detail. And then, you know, finally, whatever form of e-detailing is used, I think message testing to begin on in the industry as attitudinal and usage studies will always remain a fundamental tool for marketers to measure the ultimate success of their e-detailing efforts and to build or tweak their KPIs accordingly. Well, you mentioned regulatory concerns earlier. Do you have some advice on getting the departments that might be maybe a little more reluctant to go down this road, getting their buy-in or working with them? 
What best practices have you seen? Yeah, so I first of all want to say that the medical regulatory and legal review process always needs to be respected. Right. These approvers must be assured that the content they have approved and the format with which it's delivered cannot be tampered with. That's their main concern. And as soon as you talk about adapting to individual physician needs or pulling content that's most relevant or interactivity, that team tends to get very edgy and nervous. (laughs) And so it's often perceived as a challenge when there's an ability to tailor interactive content to the explicit needs of the individual physician. And I use the word perceived because it's not insurmountable. And this is often where an experienced agency, your ad agency, that fully understands the requirements and processes can really be invaluable. I mean, they've typically developed the tool with obviously significant input from the company, but it's often them making it happen and executing and advising the company on the latest digital best practices. So it makes sense. And also, given that they're the uploaders of the content, that they're sort of an active participant in this process. And as part of best practice, what I've also found very useful is to set up pre-review meetings. So before the official medical regulatory and legal review, you set up a pre-meeting. And that can be with the internal reviewers, the relevant people within the brand team, and your agency. And the purpose of this meeting is to fully brief the team on how the tool is going to work in practice and really reassure them of all the measures that have been put in place to ensure that approved content cannot be tampered with or adapted by the rep. So just because the rep is serving up content that's very relevant, that content doesn't change. It's still the approved content. I see. But this is an evolving process and it does take some work and it does talk to your question earlier about why some companies are being slower to adopt mm-hmm. the more state-of-the-art type technologies. Face-to-face time with doctors has been something that the industry has held near and dear for a while. How do you think COVID-19 will impact that? In terms of where we are today, the days for physicians are willing and able to schedule dedicated time to meet with sales reps, it's really becoming somewhat of a distant memory. Right. And I really do believe that the post-COVID era will definitely accelerate that trend. Mm -hmm. So this is a time for change, for sure. So in reality, many of conversations that occur between reps and physicians take place on the fly. If anybody has ever done a field visit with a rep, you'll see these conversations happening in the hospital corridor. Sometimes they're very rushed between patients in a busy practice. And sometimes with many medical devices, they're actually taking place in in the OR. Mm. So physicians can be very put off when they see a rep walking in with a tablet because they know they're ready to launch into an extensive ED health. Right. So I think that can, can be somewhat off-putting. And if we look back to what happened historically in the time where physical detail aids were used, if a doctor was very rushed, often he'd just say to the rep, okay, just tell me in 30 seconds about your product, give me a leave behind in a clinical paper, and I will go away and look at it at my leisure. Sure. Well, of course, with an ED detail, they can't do that unless the detailing is done remote. And so companies have to be willing to sort of allow that to happen. So with all of that said, it becomes really even more important to optimize digital capabilities for e-detailing so that content can be delivered to busy physicians when they need it, at a place where it's needed, and that might be in their home office after dinner, Mm -hmm. and in the format that it's needed. Because it may not be a linear 15-minute presentation 
they just may want to go to information that's that's highly relevant to them. So that really kind of is the future. And I think that's where companies need to sort of adapt. And as I said, particularly post-COVID era. Well, thanks again for talking with us, Martine. My guest is Martine Taylor, an independent healthcare marketing strategist, and I'm Leah Hoffman for Business Talent Group's Insights on Demand podcast. In upcoming episodes, we'll be talking with other independent experts about the unique challenges companies face in these unprecedented times, both in life sciences and across industries. Subscribe for these insights and more wherever you get your podcasts or visit businesstalentgroup.com if you'd like to start a project with independent consultants and experts like Martine. Thanks for listening.